Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Party Up. I'm, of course, your host, Eric Bigmarsh, and with me is always Mr. Juan Gutierrez. How are you, sir? Sorry, dudes. <laughs> and uh, sitting in with us this week, uh, back on the show, Mr. Curtis Rose. How are you? I'm great. Awesome. Uh, unfortunately, John will not be joining us on tonight's show. Uh, he is dead. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely kidding. He's not really dead. Uh, for anybody that's keeping track of what's been going on this past weekend, uh, we managed to head over to Curtis's place and do a live Facebook uh, event uh, where we played through our November tabletop game of the month, which was Zombicide Black Plague. Uh, John, unfortunately, could not join us for said event because he had a wedding to go to. And uh, apparently... You can have a hangover two days after the actual time in which you drink massive amounts of alcohol. Um, so he was all good on uh, Sunday. We record the show now on Mondays. Uh, and he was a mess at work today, basically. He just wanted no part of being alive. Uh, he left and basically said that he was going to uh, sleep for the next uh 12 hours or however much he could get so uh unfortunately he's not going to be with us tonight um but he he missed out on a fucking fantastic time i gotta i gotta say curtis again thank you so much for having us over uh to play the game um for anyone that may not have caught that episode uh last month uh head back to uh that that show in the library Take a listen, catch up on what Zombicide Black Plague is, um, and definitely catch the uh, the video clips on our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash party up. Um, the actual gameplay is a bit long. Uh, it's a four, It turned out to be a four-hour video, so you can kind of skip through it and catch different portions of the night. I don't expect anyone to sit through it, but this game, man... Uh, 10 out of 10, honestly. I had such an amazing time. And, I agree. Uh, yeah, it, and, and again, man, thank you so much for, for having us. It was definitely a pleasure. Yeah, it was awesome. We had a great group. Yeah. Um, the the funniest thing is that, you know, now that I mentioned how long we were actually playing for is uh, it didn't feel like that. It did not at any point feel like we were sitting there playing the game for four hours. Um, it, it, you know, it went by as any standard game would, like you felt like you were there for maybe an hour or two max. Um, and, and we were having a good time, man. Everything about it was just a plus, um, you know, and, and, and the, the cool part about heading to your place again, thank you again for hosting. Uh, we got to see a bit of your tabletop collection, uh, which is massive. 
so uh, I, I don't know whether I should uh, congratulate you on that or feel bad for your wife who has to deal with it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's definitely a, a very, very uh, large collection of tabletop games. So um, I'm excited to see what uh, you might have for us today because today we are in fact going to announce December's tabletop game of the month um and uh and we, we got to learn a lot about you curtis because uh, for the listeners that may not know uh we actually pr- i i've met you in person one other time uh Juan has never met you uh my wife came along with us she's never met you you know so this is kind of like one of those things that we were talking about the original in, in the first episode when we were talking about zombicide we we're talking about how you know, games like this gets people together, and you, you know, basically said you host nights, and, you know, you, you've made friends along the way by doing so, so this was a good opportunity for us, because we got to meet in person, we had a good time, had a couple of drinks, enjoyed, enjoyed the game thoroughly, and overall, like I said, A plus night, um, and, uh, like I said, we, we definitely learned a lot about you, um, we, we learned that, uh, you have a, uh, a, a kind of an odd past, um, you <laughs> used to be a, a a rapper, apparently. That is true. That that is that is something that I I did not see coming. Um, Are we gonna and, go into the rest of the stuff or what? I mean, I, I I feel like I would be taking this opportunity away from you. I mean, I think it'd be a perfect opportunity for you to let the listeners know what your rapper name was because I think it's I think it was amazing. Oh, okay. So my rapper name was, and still is actually, you know, if I ever do any rapping, uh, it's Hasty White. Hasty White. You, you never yes. lose it. You never lose it. Because uh, oh for those of you who haven't seen a picture of me, I do have a pretty uh, pale skin tonation. Yeah, if you, uh, you are in fact, I think the only social media that I think we have you on is Instagram. So if you go to Instagram and you add Curtis at Vicious Theory, you can take a look at what Curtis looks like, and then immediately I want you to think of the name Pasty White. Uh, and just, you'll, it's just so hilarious. Like, I just, I can't get over the, that name, dude. And not only do you have this name, but you, <laughs> you, you have the letters PW tattooed on your arm. Yeah, if you're going to go all the way, you got to go all the way, right? I mean, no regrets <laughs> when it comes to tattoos. I, I think. Dude, oh, uh, it, it was it was great. And not only that, not only are you a oh, rapper, not only do you have an amazing rapper name that you've tattooed the initials of on your arm, but uh, apparently you're down with the clown. I truly am a juggle lotus. <laughs> 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 See now, I don't. Uh, it's true. I knew you were going to bring this up. <laughs> <laughs> How could I not? It's it, it was it was eye opening, mind blowing. I think it enhanced my experience uh, completely because I I looked at you in a completely different light, and uh, I mean. I wouldn't say I respect you anymore, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I mean, it's it, it takes a it takes a lot to admit the things that you've 
you admitted to us, and I just feel that the public needs to know. You know, I'm saying like Lonzo is very open about his oh, shenanigans, and I'm everyone knows me from other shows, and you've always been kind of the mysterious one out of the entire networking cast. You know, we kind of oh. just have you on for the tabletop games, but I want the people to know you. You have a lot to you. You're a person of many pasty white layers, and yes. one of those layers is that you, uh, you in fact are down with the clown. And uh, have have you ever gone to a gathering? I, I really, I've never, I didn't ask you on Saturday, but now that I think about it, I need to know this information. No, I really, <laughs> it's that whole. That's a joke. I mean, I've never <laughs> gone to a gathering. I've owned, like, one of their CDs before, so I am not a joke. <laughs> I don't know. I think... I, I think I appreciate their art, you know. Uh, I get it. <laughs> the PW um, on the shoulder stands for Pure Wicked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, dude. It was, Dark like Carnival I said, for man. life, bro. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> dude! It's, and now, this... see now, now it all comes together, and it makes sense why he chose Morgan as a character. All I gotta say is, uh, you guys seem to know a lot about it for not admitting that you are into it. We uh, we know a lot about it because we are people that know how to avoid it. So, <laughs> you know, how about you... Fago? Fago's delicious. <laughs> yeah, Juan has some weird-ass obsession with Fago. I've never had this for fear that if I were to take a sip, my face would automatically become painted like a clown. So I'm just staying Wait, no, away from it. No, it's lifeblood of a juggalo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But this is what I'm talking about, dude. This 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 whole conversation is, is one of the beauty... One of the beauties of getting together and, and meeting people people and playing a game because you know what I'm saying like we got to spend time together and we got to learn a little bit more about each other um I've come to learn about myself even I learned something uh I mean not that I've not already known this but I have a terrible filthy mouth because <laughs> because I Did would you rewatch the playthrough video and see how many f-bombs you drop per second no it... <laughs> Uh, I think at some point in the in the night, Curtis, you mentioned how many f bombs I've dropped, and like part of me kind of caught it, but I was already like three Jack and Cokes down, and I didn't care anymore. And then <laughs> I realized that your wife would consistently say the word sugar instead of just saying straight, just be like shit. And I was just like, man, they do not curse it all here and i feel like such a dirty <laughs> savage like let alone being a filthy Fuck casual <laughs> but you guys are very well mannered and very well spoken and i am just a fucking filthy pirate fucking hooker mouth like it's just <laughs> it is just awful and uh and yeah Go back I, to your home on whore island <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it, like like we we talked about when you know we were talking about Zombicide in the first place. You know, getting together and, and playing games is awesome because you get to meet new people and you have to have you get to have a, a personal experience with people and and this this our experience on Saturday showed me a lot of things. I learned about a lot about you, Curtis. I learned a lot about myself. 
Um, I learned a lot about my physical capabilities. Um, <laughs> because for anyone that uh, <laughs> for anyone that didn't catch that first portion of the live stream event, there was a video of us from when we got off the subway traveling towards your location. So if you go to the Facebook group, there's a video there. I believe it's titled Zomicide Black Plague. Oh no, I'm sorry. It's just uh, it's a uh, party up for adventure mode and it's us walking through the streets and you will see the tr just absolute terrible terrible mountain we had to climb to get to you and it, it's it, it was just fucking awful like i'm really surprised i lived to see the yeah, rest I was, of that I was, night i was surprised you didn't die like halfway through it's yeah. definitely worth a watch yeah uh if you want to make fun of a uh a overweight man climbing a mountain <laughs> Then this is going to be your piece of pie, to be completely honest. But uh, <laughs> added bonus, his wife and best friend also make fun of him. Yes, yes. <laughs> I think well, I remember one... you guys compared it to like an Oblivion adventure, and I have to agree, it was just about as exciting. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Except yeah, the stamina we... bar didn't fill up nearly as fast after no. the work exertion God, was done. God, <laughs> it's the stamina bar did not refill. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny because uh, in watching that back, because I, I watched it at work and I showed John a bit of our adventure and I showed my boss because we were talking about it during our break uh, at lunch. And uh, <laughs> and in, in watching it back, you see. You, you, you just, you see the train wreck that is my climb up this, this fucking terribleness. And at the, when we're at the top, we finally make it to the top. Spoiler alert, we make it. Um, you see the video skip completely from me basically dying to us just randomly walking on another street. So, <laughs> like, that whole portion that got cut out was, like, I think a good ten minutes of me trying to not die, catch my breath, my nose was all stuffed, I could like, I just couldn't live. Like, every part of me, I just, Juan could attest to this, at every three seconds, I'm like, I'm gonna die. Like, I'm seriously, this is how my <laughs> life is gonna end right now, it's right here at this I mean, very like, moment. My legs were a little shook, but I was fine, I was a little out of breath. Rose had to pull her inhaler out. She almost died a little bit. But you yeah. were just full on health. Health was at the red bar. Yeah. You had no potions. I had no potions. There was no Nothing. no Phoenix Downs anywhere in sight. It was funny because it was a really good icebreaker for us because my wife hadn't met you guys before. And uh, we were watching the live stream. And yeah. Yeah. We we saw that that epic moment when you panned up the stairs from the bottom, and we were like, "No, he's, he, they are not going to do that because there is an <laughs> elevator." There yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> which I found out about afterwards when I was already dead. I <laughs> that's like <laughs> that's like trying to like find your way into the main boss's final, like, the last, like, dungeon, and continuously dying, and then you're just like, fuck this, I give up, and finding out, like, a week later that, oh, you could have just simply gone through, like, the secret door on the right, and been, like, there. I was so upset, I was so, like, that thing, that's the part that just, whatever little spirit I had to move on, that moment was when it broke, when I was like, there's a fucking elevator somewhere here. <laughs> like, it just completely everything. My heart sunk. 
everything just uh, the rest of me just died and the thing that made me feel the worst about it was i went <laughs> i think it's on the video i went to look down the stairs and just take that perspective shot of like how steep it really is from the top because from the bottom it doesn't look as intimidating but when you're up there and you look down it, it's pretty fucking gnarly uh there was some random jogger running up these stairs like just just like nothing just running up the stairs and i felt like such a fat piece of shit when i saw that and i was like well uh i i need to reevaluate my life because obviously i'm i'm on the path to to destruction here i've i've reached new lows but anyway overall i we made it we made it we got to play an amazing game we spent a, a decent amount of time hanging out it was good all around i got to drink my whiskey and that's really all that really mattered to me so yeah dude like the, the whole time we had a great time like Curtis and his wife were very good hosts. We had yes. drinks, snacks. The game was awesome. We had, you know, laughed, uh, yelled at Derek. <laughs> he might have cried a little bit. Uh, I did. Uh, well, we yelled I more did. at Morgan, I, I gotta say. Yes. Oh, yes. Fuck Morgan. Fuck Morgan. <laughs> For anyone that doesn't but, get that, watch the video, and you two will agree. <laughs> fuck Morgan. And, like, we played the game, everything was cool, and then, like, Curtis showed us all the different expansions and like the extra characters and bosses that there are. And this game is ridiculous. I mean, you know, it's insane. And I actually, I went online and looked just out of curiosity to see all the different expansions. And I'm kind of upset that you didn't own one of them because there is a, there is a dog companion expansion. What? No, that's for the modern one. I don't have sure. Yes. Because it was dogs. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> I guarantee they'll probably make a little baby dragon uh, pet or something. I mean, granted, we had a real dog with us as our companion. Oh, true. yeah, Curtis your dog, dog is killer. So jealous, so jealous. We got to meet his uh, Curtis's dog, Rasputin. Beautiful, beautiful dog. So amazing. Big baby. He's like one of those dogs that doesn't realize how big they are because he always wanted to be in someone's lap. But it was it was. You're lucky my wife didn't steal, honestly. But <laughs> but overall, uh, again, man, thank you so much because without your help, we would have a never been able to experience such an awesome game, and b we would never have been able to uh, come by your place, sit down, have such an awesome night. And uh, again, thank you so much both to you and to your wife Kim. Thank you again. Um, but moving forward from there, man, I mean. You know, Saturday was such a blast. We figured, you know what? Let's have you back on the show. Let's bring together uh, a tabletop game that we can, you know, call December's, you know, tabletop game of the month. And uh, and you're coming with us now with something that is a a bit different, um, not within the, the same, I guess, what you would call genre of game as far as Zombicide goes. Um, so why don't you take the helm? Let the listeners know what you chose, and why don't you let me and Juan know what the game's all about. Alright, so the tabletop game for December is going to be a game called The Manhattan Project. And just to kind of give a little uh, backstory about gaming for a lot of people who might not be so familiar with gaming, there's basically two main types of uh, board games right now. Um, they kind of fall into two big categories almost like if you're drinking beer like an ale versus a lager well in in uh board games 
there are Euro games, and there's also Ameritrash. And so what we played the other night is considered to be Ameritrash, uh, definitely. Because that sounds like it's a bad thing, though. Well, it, it's kind of an insult because, uh, but it's also like, uh, like we're proud, like almost like a punk sort of thing. Like we're proud to be American, so we don't mind calling it trash. Uh, gotcha. uh, and it's kind of like you know the sort of games that spawned out of like Monopoly and other mass. I know how much you love Monopoly, uh, so <laughs> just had to mention it here. But all those like all those mass market games that rely on like dice mm-hmm. and. A lot of luck and conflict and screwing your opponents over. So that's kind of like what an Ameritrash game is. So kind but of being being an asshole to each other, basically. Being an American. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> being a Morgan. Oh, yeah, Morgan. <laughs> uh, so uh, Man- Manhattan Project falls into Euro games, and Euro games kind of like they, they spawn out of the end of World War II, just for a little historical perspective, Germany uh, was looking for a good pastime, and they, Germany is big into board games. They're really big into it, but I think they wanted to make games that were that just kind of didn't follow their aggressive nature of mid-World War II, so they started making these kind of games called Euro games, which generally are just like not very aggressive. The things that you do in the game don't Gener- don't really affect your opponents as much. They're almost like it's almost like playing uh, solitaire a little bit, but you're playing the same version of solitaire against each other to see who can score better. So that's that's kind of how a lot of Euro games are, um, and I've heard them described that way, which doesn't sound overly exciting, but they can be very fun because what you're doing is you're learning to develop a better strategy against your opponent every time you play more comparable to like chess than um than like comparable to monopoly right okay so very strategy driven yes okay so manhattan project is more on the euro side but it's a little bit of a hybrid because what you're trying to do in the game is as uh the title might indicate is you're trying to build bombs in the game. but the uh, the the culmination of the game is not really like using the bombs against your opponent you're just trying to spend your time in the game building the best bomb that you can and what you do to uh, how this works functionally is you have these little workers in the game which are kind of like pawns in chess uh, and Basically, what you're doing with them is you're putting them on spaces on this board, and it and the space that you pick dictates what action you want to take. So if you want in the game, maybe you want to get some money so you can buy things in the game, you would just put your worker on the money spot in on the board. And uh, let's say you want to build something, like it's almost comparable to buying a property in Monopoly, you would put yourself on the construction uh, spot on the board, and while you occupy that spot, your opponents are not allowed to take that spot. So you're kind of screwing your opponents out of taking those spots. So you can kind of do what you want to do, and also what you don't want your opponents to do. Okay, so it, it feels like this has kind of a um, what is that? Not stratego. Um, risk. Risk. Thank you. Well, it's not like that at all because there's no there's no combat in the game. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh it's Way different than any, I guess, traditional American game, I would say. 
it's what you're trying to do is build up your resources and optimize the way everything that you have in the game functions together. So I guess in a sense, like the property acquisition thing in the game is kind of comparable to Monopoly where you're saying like, so the, in the game, these different properties will come up and you can buy them in the game. And they're called buildings. And basically what they do functionally is they optimize other things that you could do in the game. So like there might be a plutonium factory that comes up in the game, which mm-hmm. would help you build better bombs. So you might want to acquire that. So you, you'll grab that up before another one of your opponents can do it. And then from then on, you have the plutonium factory and you can build plutonium better than your opponents can. Or you might have a, uh, a bomber factory and build like uh, bombers so you can uh, do like airstrikes on your enemies mm-hmm. uh, to hinder their uh, their production and stuff like that, which all sounds really thrilling, right? But <laughs> my, my question here is though, how would you rec- uh, acquire these, I guess for lack of a better term, like properties or these tiles and how does like how do you gain the ability to hinder your opponents from doing things like is this uh do you draw cards or like how does that all kind of come into there are no card draws for you there's just this row of buildings that comes up so you have kind of a choice of what buildings you want to get and then there's all these different actions you can take so just getting a built one of those buildings is only one thing you could do but like i said you can also try to get money which helps you buy the buildings you can al- also get this resource called yellow cake which is uh, something that you need to make plutonium and uranium in the game. You can train uh, workers, which are which are like your the pawns you start the game with. But you can make uh, like construction workers and scientists, and so you're slowly building your little empire of workers, getting this yellow cake stuff, making plutonium and uranium, designing bombs in the game, all to the the culmination point of trying to uh, build these bombs for points. And then, you know, there's other aspects in it that are pretty neat. Like, you can get fighters and bombers in the game, which you can send. Like, if you see one of your opponents is getting a little too powerful, like they're getting all the good uh, properties in the game, you can just send some uh, bombers over and blow up their buildings so that they can't use them for a while, and they'll have to take time to repair them. Uh, you can use espionage in the game. Like, you can make spies out of your guys so that they'll go over to your opponent's board and use their buildings so that they can't use their buildings. And okay. so there's just... Uh, yeah, it's it's just kind of this whole spider web intermeshing of how these mechanics work in the game that makes it really interesting and it, and it feels very satisfying when you actually manage to build this cute this great atomic bomb. So, if there's no if there's no card drawing, there's no dice in the game. There are like these little, I guess you say pawns that you mm-hmm. use. How is the board set up? Like it like what does that generally look like? Because in Zombicide, I guess to, to kind of compare, they are different, but to kind of compare what we're coming from, you know, in Zombicide, you had the tiles that formed a, you know, different paths and formed a map. So how is there, is there a similar layout as far as like there being a map in which you go through or what exactly does the board layout look like? So it's entirely the opposite of like Zombicide. There is no spatial element to it, to it. You don't have like, you don't have spaces for your little airplanes and you're not like saying, I'm going to send it three spaces towards you. It's like 
the the main board in the game it just has all these spots where you can take this action uh and it's not it doesn't have any distance from where you are per se it's kind of like and actually the graphics in the game show this it's like a pin board on a wall basically and you're almost you're not like really throwing a dart at it but you're saying you're like putting a push pin on it and saying bam, this is what I'm going to do this round. I'm going to get some money. I need some money so I can buy this building over here. And so on your turn, you're just picking one of the actions that you want to do. So on my turn, I might say, I want money, and I'll put my my little guy in the money spot, which will block it on for your turn. You might say, I also want money, but my guy is already there, so you're going to have to choose something else to do. So you might say, well, now I need to get some like yellow cake or design some bomb plans or something like that. And those guys don't come off the board until you decide that that you want to bring them back to your like home territory. And you don't need to do that though until you've used all four of your little guys. Okay. So it's a little it's hard to visualize because and then you also have on top of the main board, you have your own personal board which is where you take like the little properties that you're going to acquire from the main board and you put them on your own personal board. So it's almost like you're you're building a little city in front of you, but again, it doesn't have any like spatial element. You can use any of the buildings that you want that you acquire. So, uh what I'm starting to get a kind of a sense of here is because I'm I'm a person that's coming from a very, you know, digital world. I I'm not uh, I've, I'm not very familiar with tabletop gaming. So when I when you describe these things, I automatically try to um compare them to something I've done digitally. What I'm figuring here is almost like this is almost like a bomb building version of Roller Coaster Tycoon where you know what I'm saying like you have to put your little guys in certain spots to do certain things and you know, like either construct or do or do you know collect or whatever it is. Um, now, I'm also thinking of like uh, games like uh, like World, uh, not World of Warcraft. I'm sorry, the like the line of of Warcraft games where I would assign certain uh, a certain class to go ahead and chop down trees, and another certain a certain amount of, of, of them to build a building, does the fact that, like, say, for instance, you said, if I want money, I put my guy there, and now my opponents can't go to that particular spot, does the time in which my uh, peg is there, or my pawn is there, does time affect how much I actually get out of the spot? Like, is there, like, uh, uh, any type of timing aspect here, or is it just like, okay, I, I went there, I collected what was there, and it's just, like, a set amount of, like, money or set amount of resources? Like, how does the how does the collection process work? It's right, right when you put the guy there, you get, the, get whatever the spot says that it gives. Uh, so uh, the main spot for money says $5, I think. So you, you put mm-hmm. the guy there, it gives you $5. And then you'll leave the guy there uh, until you're ready. You you've had enough turns to play your other guys, and then you'll bring your guys back. And then at that point, your guy will come off. But in the interim, uh, your opponents are also taking their turns. You're kind of doing like a one for one thing. So at the beginning of the game, we all have four little pawns to play around with. So I'll put one of my guys out on the board. Then it might be your turn, 
and then you'll put one of your guys out on the board, but you can't put it in the spot that I'm currently occupying. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, while your guys are on the board, you're not able to use them for other things. So I might really want to prevent you from getting money at a certain point in the game because there's like a really expensive building that I, I saw you eyeing. But mm-hmm. um, but at some point, I, I'm going to have to say, all right, I need to take my guys back because I have no more little pawns to play around with. And I need to figure out uh, what I'm going to do with my future turns with after I take these guys back. So you okay. can block your opponents for a while, uh, but not indefinitely. Right, right. Okay. Um, now, if I uh, if I am to let's say take up a money spot and I yeah. get the set amount that it's stated there, is the are the spots that get taken one time use only, where I would only benefit from taking it, and then after that, it's no longer usable by another character or another another player. It's not usable until you decide to take your guy back. Okay. So there, it's it's only yeah each spot can only hold one guy. You put your guy there, then eventually you know enough turns are going to go by where you've played all your other guys, and you're going to have to decide on that turn. I don't have anything else I can do, so I have right. to bring all my guys back home so that they can rest up and get ready to go on other missions, like you know, get right. ye- yellow cake or or buy a building for me or something like that. Okay, so the spots that you take up do, are not considered depleted after you remove your pawns from them. They can still be used by other players. Exactly. It's kind of okay. like there's a job position that got filled temporarily, but then eventually the guy decides he doesn't like that job anymore, so he leaves, and then somebody else could fill that spot. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, wow, this is definitely a... Uh, it, it definitely seems like a very evolved form of chess where you have to be very careful with what move you make because that might determine what your opponent's move will be and you kind of have to think two steps ahead of your opponent and and kind of put yourself in that mental state. Well, if I do this and they do that, what is my turn then going to look like because I might screw myself or I might benefit if they do that. So that's that's an interesting setup because, uh, I mean, for me at least, I'm not... I'm not very good at many strategy games, so I feel like this might be a difficult run for me, but it does seem interesting because one false move on from anyone, really, as far as like what the decision could be, could make or break pretty much the entire game. Like, if they, you know, go to get a property as opposed to, you know, maybe getting resources or anything like that, that could mean that I can try to one-up them and maybe get the resource or get, you know what I'm saying? Like, just these, your choices seem to be very, very important. Yeah, and that's that's actually part of the uh, engaging part of the game, uh, why it makes it sort of uh, less Euro-y and a little more Ameritrash, is that you're saying that you're not that good at strategy games, but you don't need to be that good at strategy games to realize, like, halfway through the game, oh, Curtis really needs this resource right now because he's he's trying to build, you know, this bomb. He really needs uranium. I am going to prevent him from getting uranium. And you can just do that. You can say, all right, I'm going to prevent you from getting what you want to get so you cannot have your victory. Interesting. Um, Juan, what are you thinking so far? I haven't really heard many questions come out of you. I want to see where your mindset is here. Well, the game seems, you know, super, super interesting because a good... Like like you were saying, strategy games might not really be your forte, but it seems like this kind of game 
you could put a lot of thought into, but at the same time, you can also just kind of go in with, you know, for lack of a better word, kind of like a dickhead mentality and go, I'm not aiming to win. I just want to screw everyone else over. <laughs> that, yeah. I mean, not not having a strategy could be a strategy, and just kind of being a dick to everyone is also a strategy. And by doing so, exactly. you actually might be able, yeah, you actually might be able to get ahead by doing that. Be like, oh, you need that? I'm going to stop you. Oh, you need that? I'm going to stop you. And then at that time, you're kind of taking everything everyone needs, and then by the time they get to get started with whatever they need to do, their strategies might be out of the window. So yeah, I guess that's that's kind of a good way to say it. that's an optimistic view. <laughs> right, right. But like at the yeah. same time, like I, I know Curtis, you were mentioning something about um, all your little pawns can have different, uh, I guess, job titles. And there is um, a job title with uh, espionage. I think you said that yeah. when you drop them onto your opponent's building, it stops them from doing a certain action for a certain amount of time. Yeah, so uh, a really neat thing that you can do in the game, and I think it's really neat that they added this to the game, is, like I said, you're, you can get these buildings and start tailoring your own little city to do really cool things that your opponents can't do, but they added this mechanic in the game where you can, like, train your guys to be spies, and you can actually, like, go into their city, basically, and say, oh, you have this cool building that gets you a lot of money, well, I'm going to actually use that and take that money from you uh, for a little while. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't happen for the rest of the game. It just happens for that one turn that you do it, but it really can screw with your opponent. Okay. And now, I was... I was um, Derek sent us the, the link to a brief, like, like, synopsis of the game, and in that description, it mentioned something about that, you know, with the espionage characters, they can steal, I guess what would be known as, like, the schematics of the bomb your opponent is building? I don't hmm. know. I've, I have not... Maybe I missed that rule, but I don't remember uh, that ever happening in the game. But that would definitely be uh, an interesting house rule. Or maybe it is in the game. Maybe I missed it. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll eventually get a chance to, you know, revisit that. And hopefully, you know, that sounds like something that is possible if you have spies in the game, you know, maybe be able to steal or maybe not, like, their entire game plan or you know there's probably something in there i don't feel like they meant it as just steal it completely we're like oh ha you can't make it anymore just kind of if you see that one of your opponents is making the biggest and the best bomb at the moment you send your spy in and copy i guess essentially their blueprints so you can make it your own and start you know gathering resources to make that exact one hmm yeah interesting um, now there's also, um, uh, uh, you mentioned, I believe it was, uh, airstrikes and I just yeah. did like harm the facilities in which they, they have uh, Explain that a little bit. So that's another thing you can do in the game is you can accrue basically, uh, a fleet of bombers and fighters and basically, uh, for, I mean, you guys have played a little bit of magic, the gathering, <laughs> think of them as like an attack and defense stat. So you're, your fighters are basically your defense. So someone cannot send bombers to destroy your buildings until they've depleted all your uh, all your fighters. So the fighters you have to accrue so that your opponents can't do that to you. But also the fighters are used to deplete your opponent's fighter, your their fleet of fighters. So you can you can send fighters to destroy your opponent's airplanes, and if they don't have any fighters left. You can just bomb the crap out of their buildings, and every bomber that you send against them, uh, it does a damage to their building. 
And if a, a building has a damage, it's not usable. So you can really cripple uh, one of your opponent's or any number of your opponent's uh, ability to do things in the game by doing that. Is there a way to eliminate opponents? No, there's no uh, elimination, but, I mean, you can take them out of the game if, uh, I mean, like, functionally. Right, yeah, if they can't do anything, then they're pretty much, you know, shit out of luck, and they're sitting there like, well, I can't do anything, because all my buildings are destroyed. So <laughs> yeah, but it's not it's it's not like not I don't want to make it sound like it would be hopeless for that person either. They just have to build back up because they'll have to repair their buildings. And there's a ah. there's an action that too where you can repair the buildings that people have bombed of yours. But it takes mm. time and money to do that. So uh, it it'll just kind of mess up their plans for a little while, and then hopefully, uh, from your perspective, it will give you the upper hand. Right. Right. Okay. All right. And now, with your pawns, um, they, you can train them to be different jobs. Can their jobs change, or is it like if you choose him to be a fighter, like that he stays a fighter for the rest of the game? Well, there's three different pawns in the game. There's the normal ones that you get at the beginning, which they're just regular workers. And then you can train also four scientists and four uh, construction workers and when you train them, you actually get them in, in addition to the guys that you have at the beginning of the game. So you can actually train like a workforce of twelve different of twelve guys, whereas at the beginning of the game you only start with four. So if you choose to do that, you'll actually uh, give yourself a lot more options as the game goes on. And I'm assuming in okay. order to acquire other uh, pawns and and to train them, you would need to use up resources collected. Uh, it's actually a spot on the board. There's a, a spot called the University, and when you go there, you actually kind of basically te- train some scientists or some uh, hard hat guys to come work for you. Wow, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, it's funny because the more in depth we kind of get with this, because at first I was really confused, and as we're getting into this, the best way to kind of put this in perspective for people that are not familiar with tabletop games is if you've ever played StarCraft or... Civilization? Yes, like Civilization. Yes, games like that. Games where you have to start from nothing and build. And in this particular case, the the goal is to be the first one to build the best bomb. So after you reach a certain level of construction, you know, that's kind of the, the, the end game. Um, so to me, now that I'm thinking about it this way, I'm actually really excited about this game. At first, I was kind of like, this kind of sounds a little on the boring side. But if you start to think about it in that, that kind of idea and that kind of concept, that, that completely flips it for me. So it seems like there is a lot of strategy involved. But as you progress, you get to do more and more, and then that's where kind of things start to get more interesting because now you have to kind of see what your your, your opponents are doing. And in my, in my head, it's kind of like that. Like the espionage thing is almost kind of like me sending a single scout out to uncover more of the map and see what where the base is and see what they're doing. Um, and it just – these different – aspects of the game are, are starting to become familiar from other games I've played digitally. So, like I said, this is uh, this is painting out to be a, a much uh, more interesting and exciting game than originally I thought it was going to be. So, that's uh, that's really cool, man. I'm, I'm kind of stoked on it. 
Yeah, it, it actually used to be my very favorite game when I first started getting into the hobby because I really liked the variety of things that you could choose to do in the game. It doesn't ever feel samey. You can say, I want to go this direction in the game, or I want to go this direction in the game. So it's not like a game of chess where you're like, I know, I just got to go get the king right now. It's like, mm, I want to be the richest guy in the game, so I'm going to just focus on getting a lot of money, which will give me a lot of options, or you're saying, I, I want to build the tightest economy, uh, mm. and you can just do all these different things in the game. So that's why it feels really neat. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Now, for for the end game, because I know the whole point of the game is to build the, I guess, best bomb. Yeah. How do you determine what is the best bomb and so, when you've reached that point? So one of the actions you can take in the game is you can actually design bombs. And everybody can see what the bomb plans are. And the, each bomb has a different like value of points, but the higher point-valued ones uh, actually cost a lot more resources to build. So it depends on the number of players that there are, but you have to reach a certain point value to win the game. And once you reach that uh, point value, let's say... Um, we need to get, we're playing with three players, you might have to get 65 points. I, I'm not really sure if that's the number, but it's written in the rules. Like, for each number of players, you have to get this many points. So let's say with three players, one of us needs to get 65 points to win the game. The bombs, some there might be some bombs that are valued at, like, 30 points. So that's a pretty good uh, step towards winning the game, obviously. But there might be some, like, little pea shooter bombs that are worth only, like, 12 points. So you're going to need to work on a lot more of those small bombs if you want to win the game, whereas you could build a couple of the huge bombs and win the game, but it's going to cost a lot more uh, resources to do so. Okay, so you can not, not you don't necessarily have to build the, the biggest and best. Of course, it would um, help, but if you wanted to play a little more conservatively, you can just amass a bunch of pea shooter bombs until you get to that point value yeah exactly it's it's totally up to you you have a lot of freedom with the direction that you want to go in all right so there's definitely more than one way to 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 reach the end game definitely that definitely you know builds a whole new just just adds a lot more to the game because it's not just like one linear it's like you can just go off on these all different branches but they all at one point will lead you to the end game yeah, and a cute little thing they did with the game is that like each of the bombs has its own individual name, like the Big Bessie or the Hot Tamale or something like that. I don't know. They they each have like a funny little name, and there's like 50, 50 different bombs in the in the game. I mean, it's not like a a big aspect of the game, but it's kind of cool to at the end of the game read the bombs that you personally built. <laughs> Almost like if you do like a, a cootie catcher sort of thing. <laughs> this is my personality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking about it now and like I'm thinking, man, if there's like multiple ways to build up your points, like you say, you can build a bunch of small bombs or a bunch of big bombs, like you're never going to be able to tell exactly what the person's strategy might be because someone could sit there and be like, oh, I'm just going to build this little bomb. I'm just going to build this. I'm just going to build this little bomb. And then you'll be like, why the hell are they just like doing that? Like, I'm going to sit here and take the take all the big shit and just, you know, try to get as much as I can to build this one big one. And then out of nowhere, they could just be like, oh, yeah, well, I've built all these little ones. Uh, and in the time that you t it took you to build this medium sized bomb, I have four and I'm actually ahead of you. So, you know, what I'm saying like it's 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 cool to think that there's different just it, it almost kind of puts in a 
like a, a a twist with math in there. Like if you're like, okay, if I can build these two bombs and kind of make people think I'm going in this direction, I can maybe try to do something last minute and like just when they are no longer in those territories or on those spots, I can take them and then build this really big one, pull the lead and possibly win. So it's cool. Like it's interesting to, to think that there's not just it's not just trying to build the one big massive thing. It's maybe I want to do little things or maybe I want to, you know, develop different different aspects of, of what's happening in front of me. So it's uh, definitely a game that has many dimensions to it, which just personally, like I said, adds uh, to both my curiosity and my excitement uh, for playing this game. So I think it's uh, I think it's going to be an interesting playthrough when we get around to doing it. So. I dig it, man. I think it's uh, I think it's tight. Is there any other any other features about this game that maybe you haven't touched based on yet that you want to kind of like talk about and, and get us known uh, get a little familiar with? Uh, yeah, there's uh, there's a couple little expansions to the game which kind of adds flavor to the game if you've played it a couple times already. Uh, you can actually uh, pick or randomly be assigned a a nation at the beginning of the game, which kind which gives you a a special player power that the other players don't have. And they're, they're kind of funny sometimes because they're a little thematic. Like, uh, I think the Japanese uh, player has, like, a kind of kamikaze ability where they can actually, like, send their fighters over and just, like, jet- jettison them into buildings and damage them. So they're almost, like, a little historically um, uh, thematic, I guess you could say. And, and they just have all these kind of countries, like they have the USA, they have Germany, uh, Israel, Brazil, and, and each country has its own thing where if, if you're assigned that at the beginning of the game, only you can do that special thing and none of your opponents can. But at the same time, they also have a power that you're going to look at and be jealous of because they have a cool power that you can't do either. And you kind of have to use those powers to your the best of your ability when it works for you right so yeah it's just kind of like having a uh it's kind of like i i'm reverting back to this comparison because it's what i'm most familiar with but it's kind of like in uh because i'm more familiar with this game as to oppose the civilization or anything else in starcraft depending on the race you are depends on the boost that you have or what your ability is and like for anyone that may have played uh, StarCraft, one of the things, if, like, for instance, you were the Zerg race, your buildings went up faster than other races just because of the way that everything spawned and the way that you could build on the ground that you contaminated less. So, like, that, that's, that's really cool to know that depending on who you decide to be depends on the special skill you have that could possibly you know, have you have the edge over somebody else, that's also a really, really cool feature. So that's uh, that's always a plus, man. It, it, I like this game, man. I really do. I, like I said, at first I thought this was going to be uh, a bit more like the boring side. But uh, but as we got into it, man, it's 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 pretty stellar. Now, um, you said that there are, you know, expansions that you get. Are, are there multiple expansions to this game? Or is it just one? Or, like, do the expansions allow you to... Uh, have more pawns available to you? Like, how does the, how does the game change when it's, when you kind of involve 
uh, expansions to it. Um, there's there's one big expansion you can buy that has uh, several little smaller expansions in it, and you can incorporate whichever ones you feel like. And then there's, there, I think there's like one more small expansion that you can get that just includes more of those nation cards, so it can just give a lot more variety variety to the game. Nice. Cool. Yeah, dude. This game definitely sounds, you know, it sounds awesome. It's something I'd definitely play. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about something that was like kind of on the other end of uh, Zombicide, where, you know, Zombicide is like running around, it's exciting. This one is a little more strategic, but it's uh, still fun in its own right. Yeah, no, no, of course. And uh, now, generally, how about how long does like a game of this last? Um, for this sort of game, it's actually fairly quick. I'd say it usually takes about 90 minutes. I think on the box it says it can take up to two hours, but I think it's usually actually oddly quicker than what the box says, which is, is kind of counter to what most board games are like most games last longer than what the box says. I'll, uh, our Zombicide game went much longer than you know it said it was supposed to go. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But see, that's the thing though with that type of game, you didn't, it didn't, it felt like the box time, but it wasn't, which is was was cool. You know what I'm saying? You got wrapped up in the excitement. Um, if this is one of those games where it goes a little quicker. I mean, I feel like this is one of those where you would want to sit down and play, like, maybe a best two out of three. Like, if the three of us were to, or the four of us, you know, were to sit down and play this game, and we could be like, all right, uh, first one to two wins, we'll do a couple rounds, first one to two or three wins, uh, you know, takes, takes it all. We'll call the winner of the night. So I feel like this might be one of those games where you, because it's very, um, I want to say it's, uh, it's not as unpredictable as something as Zombicide. I mean, there's still like it's still within like a con- a, mu- a much stricter set of confines, and it's uh, you know what I'm saying like it's just a different style overall. I feel like we can play multiple games as opposed to just one large campaign, which which is fine by me, which I think would be would be cool to do too. Um, now, something I'm actually thinking about is um, how does the how does the player, uh, like, what does the turn rotation look like? Like, how do you determine who goes first? How do you determine who goes next? Like, what is the order when you're playing this game? Because I'm assuming that that's going to be an important aspect because of the way that this game is constructed. So you just, you can randomly decide who goes first at the beginning of the game. And then for the rest of the game, it just goes clockwise from there, turn for turn for turn. And then I think maybe what you're alluding to a little bit is that wouldn't the first player have the advantage then, right? Pretty much. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But uh, the way that they kind of account for that is that each consecutive player gets a slightly uh, bigger bonus at the start of the game than the first player. So the first player gets like $10 to start the game. The second player gets a couple dollars more, so they get like $12. The third player, I think, gets like 14 And then the fourth player gets like some more money and an extra work or two right at the beginning of the game. So mm. it kind of will, uh, it kind of takes into account the fact that by the time their turn comes around, some of the better spots on the board are going to be blocked. Right. Okay. But at the now, same time, they're going to have more money to play with, you know? Right. Absolutely. Now with a game like this, uh, as, as opposed to something like, like I'm saying, we're comparing it to Zombicide because that's, that's where we're coming out of right now. Um, 
as opposed to this game, uh, as opposed to, I'm sorry, Domicide being a uh, cooperative game where the turn base, you know, to go counterclockwise and, uh, counterclockwise and so forth works because, you know, we're, you're not really worrying about who goes when. You know, everyone's going to take a turn. There was a coin involved in Zombicide that determined who went first each round. Everybody got a fair chance. With this game... You know what I'm saying? Like, you kind of take a random and everybody has the bonuses to account for it. I feel like you have a little more liberty with this game to create house rules and kind of be like, maybe throw it up, toss it up a little bit where we say, you know, uh, for instance, like, let's involve a die with this game. And we each roll a die and it goes in succession of order. The person with the highest roll goes first, the second, the second, Highest goes second, and so forth. So I feel like you can kind of toss up the order a little bit like that. Um, now, because you've obviously played this game in the past, um, has there ever been an instance where you've implemented interesting house rules to kind of make it a little more interesting? Is, is this a possibility with this game? I guess it could be. I think there a lot of games have different variants. In fact, the the link to that website that I sent to you earlier, Board Game Geek, they have a whole like forum on there about variants for different games. But I generally just kind of play by the rules. This game is is well crafted to the point where it feels really well balanced. Like I can I can take whatever turn in the turn order, and I can feel pretty confident that I'll perform really well, mm. just because I I know the game pretty well. Okay. All right. So I think your level of experience will generally dictate how well you'll do in the game. Okay, so what you're saying is that you have an unfair advantage when we sit down and play this game. You guys can give me five less dollars to start the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude, uh, I, I'm, I'm really into it, man. I think this is definitely a interesting switch from what we sat and played already. Um, I think that this game offers a... Uh, a level of difficulty and uh, that that makes it fun. Uh, the fact that you're going against your opponents in, the, in this game in not a combat scenario but more of a strategy sense makes it interesting. And just the way that it grows the f- longer you play uh, is awesome. And the fact too that the fact that you, there there are multiple ways to reach that end goal of getting the the point values that you need to is also cool because you can you can switch it up at any time, I feel. Like, if your strategy starts to kind of fall apart for whatever reason, I feel like you can be like, all right, you know what? I'm, screw this big bomb. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to build a little one right now to kind of recoup. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's, there's w- different ways of playing through it. So I, uh, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed, again, with your pick. Um, and I think it should go, it should make for a, uh, for an interesting event. Um, if you are down with it, uh, it, I think we should get together and, and maybe do another playthrough of, of this game and, and get together and just experience it in person. I, I'm, I'm excited to do that. So if you guys are down with it, I, I, I'm 100% behind you. Sure. I'm down with it, but only if we can go up the stairs again. <laughs> <laughs> No, that will be a solid no, <laughs> solid no. But um, all right, guys. I think uh, I mean again, Chris, you're you're the uh, you're the professional here. You're the uh, you know, you're the tabletop gaming geek. Uh, is there anything anything else with this game that you want to bring up, or is that pretty much all covers ba- uh, all uh, bases covered? 
No, I don't. I don't think there's uh, much more to it. I, I mean, there's obviously I could explain the full rules, but I think we did a pretty good rundown of what the game is mm-hmm. like, and you know how you might feel playing the game. I mm-hmm. think it's the kind of game where you'll get through one play of it, and you'll be like, "Ah, oh, I think you can do better next time." And you're going, you're gonna almost like crave to play it again because you're like, <laughs> "I saw what you did that first time, and I'm not gonna let you do that again." Right. Right. Yeah. Um. I'm excited about it. Juan, what are your what are your overall thoughts on on everything so far? No, oh, dude. This game, it just sounds like something I'd want to play. Like I've always been a big fan of strategy games, and something that'll make me think a little bit, as opposed to just kind of like wonder. Like in Zombicide, there was a, there was a, uh, it was like a sense of like, oh, what, what should I do next turn? Um, you know, but it was more of a co-op game. So it's like, okay, what can I do that won't screw my teammates over, or what will help us? In this game, it's more like, what am I going to do next turn? that can benefit me and screw over my other players (laughs) and either both benefit me and screw them over or just can i choose one or the other you know yeah and and to to have so many options of of where you can go with the game in every single turn it's just like it's it's exciting you know it brings a whole new element and you know i just want to have a couple drinks and just yell at people build some (laughs) nuclear bombs yeah yeah could say better than that we should uh you, you listening obama you listening? <laughs> what i am iran <laughs> Allah, Allah, Allah. Allah. <laughs> what i think we should do is now okay so as far as the game is concerned when you choose who to be what what are our options you said i think you said uh you can pick, pick choose to be japan like are you actual nations or or what 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 does the uh, the proverbial character select screen look like? Uh, they, it, it's just a little card. We could randomly shuffle them up and say, like, here you go. Just by random chance, you became, uh, South Korea or whatever. Uh, or we could like, we could, we could actually willfully choose which ones we want to be, or we could give each, we could give ourselves like a draft of three of them and you pick the one out of the three you want. And you can do pretty much whatever you want to do with it. Okay, what I think we should do here to kind of make things a little interesting, because, uh, let's be honest, uh, I'm kind of a closet alcoholic and Juan is just a party animal. Uh, I say when we do the live playthrough for this, Curtis, pick, depending on how many of us there will be, uh, you pick that many number of, 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 of nations, uh, and then, you know, you give us the list prior. You tell us, okay, it's going to be, we have this X amount of players, I've picked X amount of nations, and these are the nations. And I say that we only drink cocktails from those nations. Like, if someone's going to be Japan, <laughs> I think that we should have kamikazes available to us. If someone's going to be Russia, let's do white Russians. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's theme our drink menu based Straight on the nations we play. Russia. Yeah, uh, yeah, screw it. Why not? <laughs> screw it. Why not? If is Straight there if, sake uh, if, for Japan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hot uh, sake. Hot, oh, I love hot sake. But uh I, I I think that might be an interesting uh interesting thing for us to do. I think it'll be entertaining and uh and hell, I mean, it doesn't doesn't hurt that we'll have a couple of drinks in us. So if you're down with that idea, I think we should. Because originally for Zombicide, un- unfortunately John couldn't make it. We were supposed to play Drunk Quest prior, and then and then play Zombicide. Uh, <laughs> so I think that we should make up for that 
and not have to rely on another game to get us wasted, let's have Manhattan Project get us <laughs> wasted. And why not? Let's uh, if you know how to make Manhattans, let's play. Let's drink a bunch of Manhattans while playing Manhattan Project. <laughs> <laughs> let's get drunk and build nuclear bombs. <laughs> sounds like a great idea. That sounds like an amazing time. I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> <laughs> it's, isn't it? Isn't it ironic that the idea to get drunk and build nuclear bombs comes from the mouth of the only Cuban in the game? <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Fidel Castro. Yo, I'm telling you, man, we should do that. I think that should be the game plan for when we get together and do this. And uh, and I'm excited, man. I think overall, I think the game panned out to be a lot more interesting than I thought it was going to be. And it, it sounds like it, it's going to be a uh, overall another good time for us. So... Thank you, man. Thank you for bringing this to us today. Thank you for uh, making it another uh, awesome pick. Uh, I do hope that you know when we do get to play it, that it turns out to be just as good as uh, as Zombicide was. Not as far as the game is concerned, but just the overall experience. And uh, you know, we'll we'll talk. We'll settle settle when we can try to get together and do this. But I'm down, man. I'm I'm all about it. So let's do the damn thing. All right. Sick. All right, guys, so that's going to be it for us. I mean, uh, there you have it. That's uh, Curtis joining us this week. He's bringing us December's tabletop game of the month, and it's going to be Manhattan Project. So uh, stay in the loop as far as when we're going to set up another live event uh, for when we get together and play through the game. Uh, of course, you know, you can go ahead and uh, do that by joining our Facebook group. Uh, it's going to be uh, facebook.com slash groups slash party up. Um, there you can check out clips from our previous playthrough from Zombicide this past weekend. Um, you know, be part of the discussion. You can, of course, follow us on social media via Instagram and Twitter at Big Mosh Podcast. And if you like what you hear and like what you see, uh, you can become a direct supporter for the shows for as little as a dollar a month by visiting our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash bigmoshpodcast. Uh, and as far as you guys are concerned, Curtis, how can people stay in touch with you and uh, check out all of your cool tabletop gaming adventures? Because I know you like to post a big thing with you this past weekend was uh, your pride and your paint jobs on your minis. So how can you have, <laughs> yes. how, how can people go ahead and view your awesome work? Because listen, uh, from someone who's never uh, really dealt with minis before, to know that you painted some of these, like took the time to do so, I was very impressed. So how can people view these? Uh, on my Instagram, my username is vicious theory, all one word. And then for you, Juan, how can people stay in touch with you and your shenanigans? If you want to, you know, see whatever I'm up to, whether it comes to music, video games, anime, just uh, follow me on Twitter or Instagram at another one dead. And if you ever want to just get together, play some video games, find me on Xbox. Also, another one dead. Awesome. All right, guys. So that's uh, again going to be it for us this week. Curtis, thank you so much for bringing this to us. Uh, we're excited to announce then tabletop game of the month for December is Manhattan Project. So go ahead, check it out. Curtis, what was the uh, the website again that you had sent to us so maybe the listeners can take a look as well? Board Game Geek. It's a very uh, 
very useful tool for looking up anything board game related. Awesome. So head to that site. You can take a look at Manhattan Project, uh, get a little more familiar with it. Uh, probably by next week, we should have some plans arranged for when we'll be doing the live feed event. So stay tuned to that. And for all the listeners, next week, we are going to be doing December's movie of the month, which is going to be my pick. And uh, oh, it's, <laughs> it is going to be awesome i'm so excited um i had a choice between two but you know what i'm gonna go with my gut on this and because john hasn't been able to make a lot of the recent events in the show i know he's under the weather and he's been busy i still feel like i need to dish out some sort of uh i don't want to say punishment but just something to kind of remind him that if he's not in the loop he's going to not be able to have a say when things are decided. So I'm just going to go all out with next week's pick, and I'm pretty sure John is going to be super enthusiastic about it. Um, so you're going to so, make him watch the Monopoly movie? <laughs> is there a Monopoly <laughs> movie? Because I will. The Danish one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right, guys, that's going to be it for us this week. Head to the Facebook group, add yourself. It's public. Add your friends. Uh, and we'll keep you guys up to date with what we're doing. Uh, for Curtis, for Juan, for John, I am your host, Big Mosh. This has been Party Up, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. See ya. Over.